as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson, also Big Shiny Robot. And this week, uh, you know... It was kind of a weird week. They didn't scream much for us. I mean, I went and saw one thing, but it's not coming out until next week. And the only real releases this week, either they didn't screen or we didn't get around to see. It's kind of Comic-Con prep time. So we're, uh, I know I'm busy with that. Yep. So Hearing good things about Don't Breathe, but yes. you know, can't. I'm, I'm never going to wear a sweater vest and say I've seen a movie and review it based on just the trailer. I want to have actually seen the movie before I review it, unlike people who wear sweater vests. Yes. So, yes. yeah, so we're not going to do that. You know, we, we promise we'll never review something until we see it. Uh, so that being said, it's a slow week. So we decided we're going to take a look back at the movies that have come out this year that we really liked a lot. And we recommend either one, going to the movies to see. Although looking at this list, it's kind of funny. We, we had the exact same list. I know. Uh, that was hilarious. I, I I messaged you yesterday, and I said, yeah. okay, here's what I'm thinking about for my top five. Where, what are yours? And you were like, uh, yeah. Yeah, those. Same. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. But, yeah, overall, same top five. But we did sw- swatch, uh, switch it up a little bit by both having – we picked two runners up that we, you know, were really, really good – some of our favorites, but not quite enough to crack the top five. So we're going to talk about those first, and then we're going to wrap up with some of the movies that we're excited to see coming out later this year, and then one last reminder of our Comic-Con panels, if you'd like to come visit us and uh, see some shenanigans at Comic-Con, which is uh, three days away from the date this comes out. So, Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. I'm so oh, excited. I have so much prep to do, so... Uh, um, anyway, so Andy, let's let's start with you. Let's. What was one of your runners up for your top movies of the year so far? Let's let's start at the end with Z for Zootopia. There you go. Uh, I I loved this movie. I just Disney really hit it, and I love the fact that uh, Disney took an original idea uh, that was very Disney esque, and they ran with it, and they they made it great. I love that the movie works on so many different levels. It's a great kids movie just about animals and following your dreams. And then there's a good message for adults uh, there on top of it. And hopefully one that the kids will like too. And and little adult jokes like like the Breaking Bad references. Uh, That was was just beautiful. A beautiful animation, great cast, and and I love Zootopia. And I think that it's uh, one of the best movies that's come out this year. Yeah, Zootopia, again, unfortunately, I own the damn thing. I still haven't had time to watch it. Work's just been too busy. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I know. It's Yeah, I, I was all excited to go see it during the screening, and then let's just say I ended up working a 14-hour shift that day, which was horrible, <laughs> and then it just it never worked out. But it's, it's on my top three movies to watch right now that I have to catch up on. Yep. But something you did see that you loved... Uh, was Green Room. So Green Room was one of the very few movies, actually, uh, that I missed at Sundance this year. Another one we'll talk about uh, in movies we're most excited for. But uh, I ended up catching it in theaters, and I I think it was one of the few I gave a perfect 10 to uh, this whole year. And it is, simply put, one of the most intense, psychologically thrilling, uh, graphically violent in many ways, 
horror film of the last couple years, even though it's not really a horror film. Uh, but it plays out that same way with the good guys getting cut down one by one. Uh, it's even more poignant now because that was one of Anton Yelchin's last roles, you know, before his uh, untimely death. And we got to see Patrick Stewart as a bad guy. And that doesn't happen very often. So all that just combined to make a very slick, very fast-paced film uh, that I've yet to find someone who didn't like it. I found a couple people who, after it was done, said, ah, that was a bit too much for me. But everyone who's seen it uh, has come away saying, yeah, that was a very, very well-made movie. So if violence isn't your thing, maybe stay away because it's pretty pretty bloody. And there were moments where even I was like, ooh, ah, no. But it was... Again, it stands as one of my favorite films of the year. Not quite top five, but it's it's up there. Yeah, super violent and great punk rock soundtrack. Great punk rock kind of ethos too. Um, yeah, and and that's and yeah, that that was a great movie. Um, uh, speaking of music, um, this is just like a pet movie of mine, uh, and it, it, one of the reasons why it's such a such a great runner up for me is because of this soundtrack. I said. As soon as I left the theater, I downloaded the soundtrack, and I've been listening to it all summer, and that's Sing Street. If you're a fan of Jay Carney and his work, if you liked Once, if you liked Begin Again, this is right there. It's just such a beautiful, simple story. Boy meets girl, boy wants to impress girl, boy starts band. Uh, They may have... They may as well have called this the Andy Wilson story and set it in 1980 <laughs> instead of 1980s Dublin. Um, but a great story about uh, about family and uh, and just about being a kid and music and the power of music. So I just loved it. I love the soundtrack. Can't get enough of it. Cool. And then uh, my last runner-up is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Now, to give some perspective, I was not a fan of the first Cloverfield. Uh, it was it was a well-made movie, but to this day, something about it in the middle of it took me out of the moment, and I couldn't get back in, and I really haven't enjoyed the movie ever since then. Uh, but 10 Cloverfield Lane is amazing because it fully rests on the shoulders of three actors. Uh, you got John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and John Gallagher Jr., and mm-hmm. they knock it out of the park. I mean, this is... Again, kind of going with the, the tenseness of the last movie. This one ratchets that up to about a 25 on the scale. This is John Goodman's best role. And I don't... I really hope he gets nominated for something come award season. I think this came out too early in the year for people to remember it. But he is just completely wonderful in trying to figure out, is this guy crazy? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's really going on? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dialogue movie trying to figure out that, hey, where... The, you know, they're basically living in this bunker. Uh, John Goodman's character says, "Hey, there was an alien invasion. You guys are all down here, and we're going to work together to stay alive." And it's John Gallagher Jr. and Mary Elizabeth Winstead trying to figure out, along with us, is this guy crazy? What's going on? And they eventually figure it out. And they, a lot of people didn't like the last eh, ten minutes, kind of where I do yeah. agree the movie kind of goes off the rails a bit. It, you can tell that. They had an original script and decided to kind of tack on the Cloverfield title to it, uh, which it, it didn't need. But in my opinion, it didn't detract from the experience. But yeah. I, if you want to see some of the best acting this year, check out Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's a ton of fun, and definitely you'll walk away kind of almost like your shoulders hurting because you didn't realize you've been tensing them up the whole entire time. Yeah, that is an intense, intense movie, and the fact that. 
they do so much with so little. It's just, it's just amazing. Uh, it, it's a beautiful experiment in minimalism, and and they just knock it out of the park. I, I loved it. Not not quite in in my top five, uh, or not even in my honorable mentions. But I agree that it's up there. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. So anyway, so we're up to our top five, and again, we're presenting this with in no particular order. So Andy, let's. What's one of the movies you wanted to recommend as our top five for the year? Okay. Let's let's keep with the intensity and creepy vibe and go to Midnight Special. Oh yes. Yeah, I just love this. I saw it at South by Southwest, and um, it, this was just so cool. Creepy, uh, science fiction inspired, and uh, this just seems like this has been the year where all of the seeds that have been planted by Steven Spielberg and 80s filmmaking mm-hmm. have all taken root and sprouted up and we're seeing the fruits of that i I mean it feels like it kind of started with with jj abrams and um and everything he's been doing but really reached its uh its pinnacle in star wars and then coming around now to not only midnight special but stranger things and just a lot of other things that are that are out there and, and coming out in in the zeitgeist uh I just love this, and I I love that I'm going to say this word over and over again uh, when we're talking about these. It was original. It was original, oh, original yeah. idea, and uh, the fact that they can take a movie that wasn't based on something else, is not part of a franchise, and just make a great movie. I loved it, and uh, kudos to the cast and the filmmakers. Uh, for presenting something totally new, totally different, and uh, just keeping us guessing through the whole movie. If you haven't seen Midnight Special, and I know that's a lot of you out there, I know most people miss this, go check it out. It's just really great. Oh, because and the only reason I even knew about this movie was because you saw it at South by Southwest, and mm-hmm. you were raving about it on here. I had never heard of it. There was no marketing for this film. There wasn't even, I didn't see one TV spot. Yeah, and it's been interesting because uh, last week I was at work and everyone always comes to me for movie advice, which I think is kind of cool because people come to me like, "Hey, what do you think about this? What about this? What you know, what's what about that?" And the question I got this uh, interestingly enough last week was, "What were your top five movies of the year?" <laughs> so it was kind of predestining for for this this episode of the podcast. And you know, I, I went through and kind of looked at things because Midnight Special is also one that kind of slips through the cracks because again, it was yep. it was amazing. It was a fantastic film but it wasn't one that pops back in my head because it's it was months ago and so i mentioned oh midnight special is probably mid- one of my favorite of the year and everyone's like what what is that and so i showed them the trailer and every single person immediately either one goes out and buys a copy or two goes and tries to find a red box the trailer is that interesting the trailer gets you that in- intrigued about the movie and that's one of the problems we've had this year and even last year was trailers either one showing nothing about the movie to where you have no clue or it's misdirecting you to think it's about something else or where they show you everything so you walk in already knowing all the jokes i mean the perfect example of a film we saw this time last year was the the vacation remake it's a funny movie it's really good all the best parts from the trailer this one got right though where it showed you just enough to be like oh this looks really cool what the hell is going on but not nearly enough to let you even figure out what's going on 
And so that just makes you want to go figure out what's happening and get you caught up on the story. So fantastic layer, movie. Yeah, and layer after layer built on top of that, it gives you like the very basic simple premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. The kid with special powers, everybody's after him. Oh, cool. It's a chase movie, basically, yeah. Yeah, and and it, it lives up to that, but there's so many other things going on here about, like, government surveillance and religious overtones, aliens, you know? It's it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, so it's it's fantastic. It's, one of, it's on DVD, Blu-ray, video on demand. Uh, just go out and pick it up. I'm sure it's been discounted down now because, again, no one knows about this, and... Shame on Warner Brothers for not uh, doing a better job marketing this film because I think it would have done a lot, a lot better at the box office had people have more exposure to it and actually had a desire to go see it. Because when I saw it, there was only five people in my theater and that was opening weekend and everyone yeah. walked out just like, that was so fantastic. But again, yeah. it was five people in a theater. <laughs> yep. And and so that's not going to you know generate enough box office buzz unfortunately it's i i feel like still this is this year's ex machina it's the movie that everybody who saw it was like wow that was an experience that's really one of the best films that's out there it's smart it's fun it has something very important and unique to say and a very original idea and done extremely well so i just i can't say enough good things about midnight special yeah, so Midnight Special, go! it's fantastic. Go check it out. Also make sure, uh, it just came out on DVD Blu-ray last week, actually, uh, was The Nice Guys. The which Nice stars, Guys. Yes, stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling as detectives in the newest Shane Black movie written and directed by, and I worship at the altar of Shane Black, so the moment yeah. I heard about this, I was just, I for somehow it sneaked up on me, so it was like two weeks before the movie came out that I saw the trailer for the first time, and I just was giddy as a schoolgirl. Um... So it's yeah, it takes place. It's a period piece in the seventies. Um, we've got those two as private detectives who are trying to track down someone who a girl who was apparently murdered, but her aunt's like, no, no, I swear to God, I saw her and she's alive. We need to do, you know, you need to find her, and it's just the two of them kind of going out on you know trying to figure out what's going on. Wackiness ensues. Uh, it, one of the best parts of the movie is uh, Ryan Gosling's daughter who's uh, Holly, who's played by An- Andrew Rice, and I'm sure I'm messing yeah. up her name, as a spunky little teenager who is insists on tagging along and <laughs> causing shenanigans and actually solving parts of the mystery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she's... It's so much fun. It's If you know Shane Black, you know he's got whip-smart dialogue. His, there's got to be Christmas somewhere, and yes, yep. there's Christmas somewhere in here, even though it doesn't take place during Christmas. Nope. Um, it's laugh-out-loud funny. It's it's dirty as hell, because, again, it's an R-rated Shane Black movie. Uh, but how it takes it from businessmen to the porno industry to, you know, spoofing up Hollywood. This was just one of the most fun movies you could see this year. And and the one of the nicest things I can say about this movie is it is my mom's favorite movie of the year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she really loves this movie. Oh, see, so. my mom would go nowhere near this movie. So <laughs> my, my mom is a, a cool cat who, who appreciates Russell Crowe and uh, Shane Black, so... Uh, yeah, I I love the nice guys, and it's just that perfect blend of comedy and action that Shane Black really was one of the pioneers of with the Lethal Weapon movies. Mm-hmm. And this is just this is like 
Shane Black Lethal Weapon plus uh, 70s style, and you turn Shane Black up to 11. There you go. Maybe throw in a little bit of L.A. Confidential for the, like, yeah. noir vibe and and the fact that it, it has Russell Crowe and is set in L.A. <laughs> but uh, just a just an absolutely great movie, and I, I absolutely love this. Uh, another great movie that, uh, you know, Shane Black is a very... He's not an acquired taste, but he definitely has his own signature style. And another one of those is the Coen brothers. Yes. And from the moment that I saw Hail Caesar, I'm like, this is a very Coen-y Coen brothers movie. It's about as Coen-y as you can get. (laughs) Yeah, this is one of the most Coen-y Coen brothers movies. And it's got all of their favorite people in it. It's funny and it's a beautiful love letter to the Hollywood of yesteryear uh, where Josh Brolin plays Eddie Mannix uh, who is a studio fixer who goes around trying to fix all the problems that are going on uh, around the studio in any given day and uh, one of his biggest stars has disappeared played by George Clooney uh, and the whole time he's in a, a Roman costume because they're they're doing a movie that that's kind of Ben-Hur-ish, and it's just so, so funny. And weird, and weird that the, the Ben-Hur remake wasn't on our list this year. So. Uh, <laughs> not at all weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, and uh, the uh, one of the best parts about this that I loved is um, he's kidnapped by communists. If you haven't seen this movie yet, I'm sorry, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Not really, though. It's kind of shown in the first, you know, well... Well, it's very the obvious fact, once they show what happened to him. Yeah, the the fact that they're communists though is is a little bit of a spoiler, and and what's going on. And they have this study group, and they sit there and they talk about communism and Marxism, and uh, it's so funny. Like I I've got a background in political science, and I have a lot of friends who are Marxists. And so, like, all of these things that they're talking about, I'm yeah. like, I know this stuff. I, and I, I'm just sitting there laughing, and people are like, why is that funny? And I'm like, because they're explaining Marxism the way Marxists explain Marxism. Yeah. It's so hilarious, and they're taking themselves so seriously. <laughs> and it's, it's just funny and they're they're poking fun at it at the same time while also um being a little bit a little bit wry and uh, i just i i thought this movie was hilarious again i felt it had something to say and was very original in how they were trying to do it it's both a love letter to the hollywood of yesteryear and reminding us wow we don't make movies like that anymore yeah, and, and they also remind us that there were a lot of movies back then that weren't very good. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, in fact, Joel Cohen was quoted as saying, you know, talking about the golden age of Hollywood was that, you know, we love that stuff. We just didn't realize we were watching crap. And yeah, just like today, where there's, you know, we've got our classics, uh, which will, you know, even some of the ones we're talking about now could probably be considered maybe classics down the road. But then it's surrounded by just a bunch of drivel. And people like to think back like to 1940s and 50s Hollywood with Ben-Hur and Lawrence of Arabia and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but then you got to remember that 
you know, there were bad movies back then too. And that's how we got Mystery Science Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love the fact that the Coens know the history of Hollywood. They know that, and they know the history of where the movies have come from. And they absolutely love every single iota of it. But at the same time, they're like, we can still pay attention and talk about the parts that were just kind of okay. Um, so I don't know. I, I like how it's it's tongue in cheek uh, homage to classic Hollywood. Yeah, they can both celebrate a movie like Anchors Away, and also kind of make fun of it with a five minute song and dance number with Tanning, Channing Tatum, who so. is just absolutely fantastic as the very obvious to our eyes homosexual Marxist. Who, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, again, excuse me out for the next thirty seconds. For spoilers, but that scene at the end with the dog. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. I just I was in the theater with Eddie crying. I was laughing so hard. It was just so wonderful because Channing Tatum's not the world's greatest actor, and he admits that. He's like, hey, I, I know I, I'm just happy to be here. But that man has such perfect comic timing that he and and this movie, the Coens brought it out of him perfectly. Just some just like the quick head shakes with the looks he gives and it's just like oh my god you are the most fabulous queen in this movie and no one knows it (laughs) it's so funny i just oh my gosh bert gurney is one of those great coen brothers creations and he doesn't have that many lines but he's just oh he's just a force of nature in that movie and 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 the the we completely failed to mention the breakout star of this movie Mm -hmm. Alden Eichenreich as as the the cowboy uh, who's going to be yeah. our our young Han Solo. Oh my gosh! You watch this movie and you can understand why that guy's going to be our Han Solo. He's so good, and he's he like walks in the door and he's like, "So it's commies." <laughs> Just like <laughs> I, I'd say that's one of my favorite lines, but. I have too many favorite lines in this movie. It's it is the most quotable, uh, probably best written of of these movies of the year. I just absolutely love it. Yeah, this. And, and one of the best scenes um, is between uh, him and Ralph Ray Fiennes, uh, who is playing director Lawrence Lawrence. So that's again the idea of what we're dealing with with classic Hollywood, where because he uh, Hobie Doyle's played uh, a cowboy. He's known as the singing cowboy for this whole the whole shebang of his movie career and now he has to be like a proper gentleman and he can't say this line right and he keeps on saying it and so and the director's like cut 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 he's like no i can't what was the line i need i, I would that it were so simple yeah it's like you know he's would, like no no it's, it's word that it was so simple and like would he said word that it were so simple he's like no 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 it's <laughs> word that it were so simple were that it were he's like no Tell no and, exactly as I'm about to just as I'm about to do sure okay would that it were so simple 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 my dear boy why do you say that why do you say it were well you should say it like I said yes would that it were so simple would that it were so simple would that it were so simple would that it would that it was a sample? Watch my mouth. Would that it was a sample? Would that it was a sample? Keep your head still. Would that it was a sample? Would that it was a sample? Would that it was a sample? I'm trying to say that, Mr. Lawrence. Would that it was a sample? 
Would that it was Would that it was trippingly. Would that it was simple trippingly. They don't say tripping, they say the line tripping. It's still so well done and you just can't help but love it. Yeah, and then and then he goes in to complain, he's like he's like, Oh, he's game all right, and gamey. <laughs> <laughs> he understands he's a terrible actor, but they're just like, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna put him in this prestige picture because that's how movies get made. Yep. So oh. But anyway, so yeah, so it, it, anyways, Hail Caesar's amazing. Uh, what's also amazing, and this is the one that somehow like slipped my mind until we were talking about it, and I don't know how. Uh, Captain America Civil War. How could you forget that movie? I don't know. I'm in love with Chris Evans, and I he smells like freedom because I met him. So I don't understand how I could possibly forget about it, but it's just when we were, t- we were talking about it, I was just... Adam, Adam, sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. Oh, thank you. I, I wish I had perfect teeth. <laughs> um, no, I just, when I popped up, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, totally, Captain America. But uh, maybe just because I've been busy working too much, I don't know. I, I need yeah. a day off. Well, um, I think we we tend to divorce these not serious, quote unquote, comic book movies from like when we're thinking of, oh, what are the best movies of the year? I think this is legitimately one of the best movies of the year. Oh, easily, yeah. It's not. It's not going to come around award season and win things because that's not really what. No. Because they're too hoity-toity. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Captain America Civil War, you could essentially call it Avengers 2.5. That's mm-hmm. kind of where it came from because we had everyone back, except for Bruce Banner and Thor. Um, but, no, it's it's a story of, you know, the Avengers are faced with the fact that their actions have caused the deaths of people. It's, it's caused a lot of destruction. And do they need to come under um, control of the United Nations? And... I, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, he's feeling like, you know, hey, if we don't have control and we don't have someone restraining us, we're no better than the bad guys. And Captain America's like, well, I don't believe that we should be in the hands of someone else who's, who has political motivations to tell us where to go and what to do. And um, they're, they're both right. Now, that being said, I do fall on Team Cap, and Andy, I know you do as well. And I'm, I know we're talking about Comic-Con later, but I'm completely jealous that you're on that panel, because that was like... One I was dying to be on, but no, whatever. You're going to kick ass there, so I'm, I'm if, totally... If you, if you go and uh, uh, poison Mark Middlemass, maybe we can get you a, like in as like the designated hitter. So. Hey, I, I am easy. I, I am evil, so don't... I am yeah, easy. I, I, God, I, <laughs> you can be both. That's all right. <laughs> oh, naughty. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that panel yeah. is going to be a blast. And like, uh, a good friend, Ryan Calls, moderating... Yeah, uh, and if you and honestly, if you see Ryan at Comic Con, go up and give him a high five. This guy works his ass off to deliver some of the best panelists and panels that we have. Um, and he, you know, we see Brian and Dan Far online talking all the time, and but Ryan and Blake are the unsung heroes of Comic Con. So if you see them, please give them a high five. They're the party planners. They're not the they're not the guys who greet you at the door, but they're the ones who make sure that the caterers show up and that all the booze is there. So, uh, you know. And that you're and that you're sitting next to people who you like and not going to argue with at your table. So, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so Captain America: Civil War, fantastic story. Uh, it's one of the rare times that the villain wins. I would say it's actually maybe the first time yeah. in a comic book movie the villain really does win. Um, and, and and the cool thing was it really started some dialogues. And yes, you've got the internet being trollish and being stupid, but there's been a lot of discussion of you know people talking about you know which side they fall on and why. And again, I know where I am, but I can fully turn it around and see 
like our friend Brooke, who will be opposite you on that yep. panel. Uh, yep. She's uh, Tony Stark, and I understand why. But I, I do agree. Too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so much fun. We got you know Tom Holland as Spider Man. We got uh, Black Panther. It's just it, it was stuffed to the gills, but didn't manage to feel like it was overstuffed. And I saw it multiple times. I loved it. I the the thing about this movie and why I will include it on a list of best films is that this script was so efficient. This film was so efficient. It had a huge job to do. It had to introduce a ton of new characters and make us care about them. And it had to also raise the stakes and give a story arc for every single other one of the people who shows up in this movie. And everybody gets something to do. Not Mm -hmm. a single person is in this movie who doesn't need to be there. Every single person has a reason. They have a motivation. That motivation makes sense. And it, it carries through the film. And the choices that these people make have emotional and moral weight. And I can't think of another movie like this that is also a popcorn thriller. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's you know I I, I I seriously can't think of one. Um, the the last movie that I thought was in any way similar to this was Captain America to the Winter Soldier, which is a, <laughs> yeah, which is essentially the French connection with superheroes. I mean it's it's a it's just a classic uh, chase noir detective thriller. Uh, with with superhero characters in it, and uh, you know, I I am amazed at what the Russo brothers have done, and they really elevated their craft here. Um, that being said, it was definitely not an original idea. Definitely was a franchise movie, but it made up for it by the fact that it made like 1.2 billion dollars around the world. Right, and, and the thing to keep in mind, this is you know, there, there's been a few movies in the Marvel universe, and actually. The last one was Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yep. That changed the it, it changed the foundation of the movie series because what happened in that one kind of reverberated out into the Agents of Shield movies going forward with Shield you know being full of Hydra agents. And this one is you know it split the Avengers up. So what other what better time is there for Thanos to come to Earth and try to take over when they're splintered and you know not in the same team? And as was recently revealed through some interviews with people, is that Steve Rogers is no longer Captain America in yep. this movie in this movie universe because he, when he left the Shield with Tony, you know he's like, hey, that's that doesn't belong to you, that's my father's. That was his handing off the mantle of Captain America. So whether or not we're going to see the Falcon be the new Captain America or what's going to happen, uh, it's pretty much this was a big turning point for the whole. You know, for everything going on, and it'll be interesting to see, of course, where it goes with um, Doctor Strange. Not so much because that's kind of—I think it's going to be more setting up Infinity Wars. But Infinity Wars will play. We'll see a huge kind of fallout from this movie and how it affects everyone. Yeah, it's it's just amazing, and yeah, it definitely changed the entire trajectory of their movie universe. And and for a movie that brought in all these characters, they basically upended the toy chest and then stomped on a bunch of things. I mean, there are characters here who um, almost die 
and mm-hmm. uh, you you know you wonder like what's what's going to happen, uh, and and the fact that Steve Rogers is saying like yeah I'm giving up being Captain America, when that happened in the comic books, that was Watergate. I mean it, you know it was we're so disillusioned with this idea, and this idea of government that that's where I am and that's where my heart is and and I think that we are in a very similar place in America today where I don't care where you fall on the ideological or political spectrum you probably have some major misgivings about uh, definitely the other candidate but probably your own candidate mm-hmm. uh, if, if you're not you might want to do some self-reflection because, you know, uh, what we're seeing is a very deeply divided country and uh, a lot of big issues that we are having a very hard time solving and um, we're resorting to some extreme measures. So I'll get off my political soapbox and I'll... <laughs> you can follow me on, on my other podcast where I'll talk about politics. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I, that's what I, why I, again, I think this is one of the best movies of 2016 is it captured the essence of the, the political moment that we're in. So it is completely not about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, but at the same time, it kind of is because the, the final ultimate moral question in this movie is can you trust a politician to have control over a power as great as the Avengers? Mm-hmm. Well, we already give them the ability to launch nuclear weapons. Why not superheroes? Uh, so you know that that's a question we all have to ask and we have to we have to look at. And um, I, I again, I think this nailed it. And so it, it's very much about what is going on in 2016 without ever mentioning our actual political situation once. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so that was was our... We have one pick left, and Andy, I think you're excited to discuss our last movie. Yeah, well, we we talked about it last week, and it's Kubo. Exactly. (laughs) Kubo and the Two Strings. I just... I love this movie so much, and I, I took my wife and kids to go see it yesterday, too, because it... Uh, that movie is so great. And the first time I saw it, I did not appreciate how beautiful and layered that was. And the, the beautiful syllogisms that, that it sets up, uh, some repeated lines that you hear over and over. And, uh, I, I picked up on those on a second viewing. And I, I think that shows a, uh, a very mature layered approach to this film and I just I can't get enough of it if if I were going to go to the movie theaters and see another movie right now again I'd be like I want to see Kubo again it's just that good we, we talked about it last week so there probably isn't too much to dive into other than I have a lot of respect for anyone who's still doing stop motion animation yeah. and making it look as amazing as this movie is because like we said before, you would swear this is a is a, a CGI movie. I mean, it looks that good, and yeah, it's there's so much love and care thrown into this. It's an amazing, unique story based on Japanese mythology, and 
simply put, it's the, one of the most unique animated movies I've seen um, since Inside Out. And yeah, yeah, go go see this. It's in theaters. Go see it right away. See it in 3D. There is some cool stuff. Yep. Um, and then the moment it's out, available on for Blu-ray, I'll be buying a copy so I can watch it over and over again. Definitely, definitely. I'm I'm really excited to see if there's anything else that that Pixar or Disney can do that can even catch up to this. I mean, I mentioned Zootopia as like a runner-up, but mm-hmm. I just feel like Kubo is in a completely different stratosphere. Uh, and it, I'm just absolutely amazed at that. One, so I, I think this is where we're going to talk about movies that we're excited about yes. coming up. And um, actually, one of them you mentioned that is coming up you're excited for is a Pixar movie that yeah. could possibly give Kubo a run for its money. I, I will I will wait on this. It's Moana, which I think the thing I am most excited about for all of this is, okay, yes, we're going to get The Rock playing a Pixar character. That's cool. Which is fantastic. Because I love uh, The Rock. Talking about uh, the music and the music of, like, Kubo and the Two Strings, Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing the music mm-hmm. for this movie. <laughs> of Hamilton, of In the Heights, and... Uh, and and my Facebook feed recently, like everybody is definitely uh, up for Lin Manuel, so uh, I'm super excited about that. And and I I'm I mean it's Pixar, so why wouldn't I be excited for it? Yeah, so that that one again, I'm always excited to see a new Pixar movie. So hoping yep. that one will end up being fun. Uh, one that's coming out later this month, which we talked about a couple months ago. But it's finally hitting uh, a, a more wide mainstream release uh, was Other People, which I saw at Sundance. was my favorite film from Sundance last year. Um, it's about the, the struggling writer from New York who moves back home to take care of his mother who is uh, dying of cancer. and kind of shows the last year of her life and how it affects him and his family. Uh, they finally have a trailer for it, so if you get a chance, just go to YouTube, do Other People. It's... It's a very bittersweet movie, but it's well acted. Um, Molly Shannon needs to get some kind of nomination for Best Actress because she absolutely nails her role. And well, it's it's definitely it's it's a dramedy, kind of more heavy on the drama. Um, it's incredibly well done. It's fantastic, and I'm excited that more people will get a chance to see it because uh, you know it took a little while for this one to get from Sundance to the big screen. Speaking of movies that we we saw at film festivals that aren't out yet, I'm very excited for a movie coming out called In a Valley of Violence, starring Ethan Hawke and, uh, surprise, surprise, John Travolta. I wouldn't have have thought that I'd be excited about this. Uh, Karen Gillan is also in it, so uh, I I like that Doctor Who connection, of course. Uh, This is another Western, and uh, it is is an old-timey Western, not a modern Western uh, about Ethan Hawke and his dog. And they're traveling through. uh, He's running from something. You don't know exactly what he's got to get to Mexico. And uh, he's warned, don't go through this Valley. They call it the Valley of violence. And he's like, well, it's a seven day trip. If I go around, I got to cut through or else the feds are going to catch up to me. And of course, John Travolta and his sons run the town uh, as the, the evil sheriff and, um, yeah, Western stuff ensues. You can see where, where it happens from there. Uh, the dog is the real star of this movie. So you, you should, the dog alone is worth the price of admission. 
just amazing, absolutely amazing. In a Valley of Violence, very excited for when that finally comes out. Nice. Uh, and then one that's uh, not really going to get up there as far as a movie that will, eh, might receive some critical acclaim. Uh, the reboot, or see, I guess it's actually though it would be a sequel of Blair Witch. So this movie yeah. uh, was being teased and had trailers uh, just known as The Woods uh, back since I think March or April. And then it was at San Diego Comic-Con. They're like, ah, just kidding, guys. It's Blair Witch. And they released a new trailer that shows, hey, it's basically the uh, the, the cast the, the cast and crew from the first movie. It's their brothers and sisters and friends trying to go track down and find out what really happened to them. Um, it's directed by Adam Weingard, who's done, like, Your Next and some other horror movies that were pretty fun. Uh, this Ooh, one, though... I liked huh? Your Next. Yeah, and so did Eddie. So... Yeah. But this movie, the, the trailers look absolutely terrifying. Uh, the early reviews from some of the trades and some of the the, the bigger name um, horror movie sites absolutely love it. So this one comes out in about two weeks, or no, September 16th. And I'm really, really excited because the first movie I saw opening night at midnight. Um, I've been scared to go camping ever since then. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think this one's going to help that out any much, but... I. The first Blair Witch still stands is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and even watching it again years later, uh, it stands up. It's sequel's a piece of crap, so stay away from that, but the original Blair Witch was, uh, unfortunately, the reason why we have so many found footage movies nowadays, uh, but that was one that got it right, and this one appears to be doing the same thing. Well, it, it invented that entire genre, so, I mean, that's, it's like the Citizen Kane of found footage movies, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's not saying very much, considering that, like, that's a a very rough subgenre. But, uh, yeah, the original Blair Witch, which definitely had something there. And so I'm excited to see what they do on this. Uh, speaking of other movies that are coming out soon, um, Snowden. Which uh, looks cool. Uh, well, I have a very complicated relationship with how I feel about Edward Snowden. Uh, and, and so I'm very interested in what they do with this. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, I think, one of the best actors working today. And so I'm excited to see what he does with this role. And Oliver Stone always does very unexpected things with his movies. I mean, he took George W. Bush, someone who I am predisposed to very much disliking, and, and made me really care about the guy. So... Um, uh, interested in what in what this will do? Yeah, and that's and agree with him or not, you know, Snowden is probably one of the most prolific and important people of the last decade. Yeah, considering you know what he brought to light and whether you agree or not with how he did it or his actions afterwards, uh, you can't deny the fact that it changed everyone's lives in one way or another, for good or for bad. Uh, pretty much probably for the next next couple decades we'll have to have a discussion when when this movie actually comes out but or i may have to have a side podcast my my politics only podcast (laughs) (laughs) where i talk about how i feel about edward snowden but yeah um so one of the other films i'm i'm really excited about uh is uh, a monster calls which i i don't know adam if you if you have you heard of this at all i've heard of it but i've not looked into it it's, it's based on a children's book, and uh, basically it is a, well, children's YA book. Uh, a kid uh, he lives in a house, his mother is dying of cancer, 
and every night a monster comes and visits him at Oh, I did see this trailer, yes. Yeah, and and the monster is played by Liam Neeson's, so you gotta love your Liam Neeson's. And uh, the the book was great, and uh, there's a lot there to mine. Uh, Bring tissues. So I'm I'm excited for that. Is it gonna make me cry as much as Bridge to Parabethia did? Uh, it is probably in that realm, yes. Oh God, that movie, that movie destroyed me. Like the last twenty minutes of that film was me huddled in the corner, bawling my eyes out. Yeah, I mean, you you don't have the dogs dying, but it's you know, but it's all about him dealing with his mother dying of cancer and a monster helping him deal with that pain. So it's like, a, uh, but a great like musing on grief. So yes, bring tissues. Yeah. Um, something that's a little bit lighter in, in theme would be uh, Doctor Strange, which is our next Marvel movie yep. starring Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and Tilda Swinton. And what's really, really cool about this is the trailers almost look like it's Marvel's Inception movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very weird, very interesting, and uh, pun intended, very strange. Um, and I love the fact that this, you know, it's good. As much as we love Marvel movies, they're all very similar in structure and plot. I mean, even Civil War and Winter Soldier. But then every so often, you've got one that kind of goes out left field, uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy. And this one feels like that, like it's going to take the whole, I, you know, the whole Marvel movie and turn it on its head. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to see a new take on this universe, and also possibly see another Infinity Stone. I mean, they got to have a couple more before Thanos gets here. That's exactly right. I, I think that that's definitely what they're teasing, and they're trying to bring out that mystical side of the universe and make it uh, make it work. Wow, speak of the devil, my daughter just walked into the room, and she's showing me the new Thanos Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is cool looking. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so, um, yeah, Marvel movies, I mean, it's so funny, though. Like, I'm always excited for a new Marvel movie. Like, the Marvel, that's my jam. But if you ask me what's the one movie you are most excited for coming out for the rest of the year, my movie is called Hidden Figures. This hmm. is a this is a kind of a different film. Uh, it is about uh, black lady mathematicians and physicists who helped NASA put a man on the moon. Uh, it is the untold story uh, behind the work that they did uh, at NASA in the 60s and uh, from the from the writer and director of St. Vincent, uh, which was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray so and Thomas McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, this, this trailer came out this week and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my movie. This is... This is totally the way to my heart, and uh, and I'm very very excited about that. Uh, I'm like I was talking with um, with some of our other geek friends, and I'm like, you know, you can have your Harry Potter, you can have your Doctor Strange. I want to see hidden figures. Like I I don't know whether it's like the space geek in me, the math geek in me, or the history geek, or the SJW geek. Um, but it just it looks like a fantastic film. And that's your your movie you're most excited for. Uh, I got to go with uh, a Star Wars story, Rogue One. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be a close second, but not that close. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 
again, we're, we're going to have Star Wars movies until all of us are dead and gone. And they're going to keep mm-hmm. on going because Disney's going to get their $4 billion back and they probably already have it back. Oh, um, yeah. But that being said, it looks fantastic. It's a war movie. The trailers are doing a fantastic job of just getting me pumped. Because um, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, cool, you know, get the Death Star plans. But every single time I see more about this movie, I'm more excited for it, more excited for it. And uh, December cannot get here fast enough. They, they have AT-ATs on a beach, and they shot the AT-AT with a rocket launcher. And the AT-AT got pissed. <laughs> yeah. I think that in and of itself, like, if, if I go in and that's the only thing I see, I'm going to love it. Um, oh, we There's tons of other stuff coming out. Uh, quickly, let's name check. Assassin's Creed, excited for Fassbender Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed. Bad Santa 2. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, passengers. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, and Chris Pratt on a spaceship. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birth of a Nation, the movie about the uh, the slave revolt, and The Magnificent Seven. So uh, that remake looks pretty cool. Uh, I I normally am not excited about remakes of classic movies, but maybe they have something there. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But again, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up, uh, a lot of stuff to be excited for. Uh, and that will take us to the end of this episode. So thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, next week we'll come back. I know we've got at least one movie, oh, two movies to go over. Um, but it is Comic-Con week. So, again, if you're there, Andy and I both have panels all three days. If you download the Comic-Con app and just search for our name under guests, we will both pop up and you can see where we are. Um, and if you do go to our panels, please, by all means, come up, say hi. Yes. Um, Give us, you know, tell us what you like, what you don't like, how we can do this little thing better, and um, we're excited for this, and we're excited to see y'all. So, until then, in a very few couple short days, hail Satan, and have a lovely afternoon. Oh,